Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. We are on the third season. It's incredible. Yoga is actually, the meaning is union. So it's a union of the body, mind, and spirit. It is spirituality. It wow. is. This is the lowest place in creation. This is where God wants to be known. Growth is growth, no matter how little it is. Oh, absolutely. All the shit that I thought I was is falling away, and every day it falls away, I feel better about life, and I'm able to beat me. Yoga doesn't want you to really forget about the emotion. They want you to move with the emotion. I've never thought of to do that, and I'm doing it right now, and my mind is kind of blown. This is the sound of my voice on this channel. Does this sound any better? Ooh, looks like it does. It's so early. Oh my god. I don't know why I do this to myself, but you know, whatever. Life goes on. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I am Lorelai, and my voice is super deep today. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, allergies are a real thing, guys. <laughs> Plus, the smoke is still killing me. It has been ferocious the past couple of days. And yeah, hopefully it is sounding just a little bit more sexy to you guys and not like gross or anything <laughs> Anyway, I hope you guys have had a really great week uh, and enjoying another beautiful weekend. And today I have some amazing things to talk to you guys about. Um, This topic in particular, I've been holding off for a while and today I was like, it's the day. Today is the day that I'm going to bring up this topic. So we're going to dive on deep into the NADA system and I'm excited to bring it to you guys. So that's sort of like the foundation for all of the things you know what I mean we started out with the chakra system and now we're moving into the nada system which is a little bit more complicated but it really does tie in a lot of things especially um when we start thinking about kundalini awakening and that sort of thing we're really going to want to understand the nada system in order to really get a hold of what the kundalini awakening is about So anyway, let's dial it back and talk about the crystal of the week. Now, I came across this crystal uh, recently, and I really love how this crystal looks. So I'm going to be talking about moss agate today, and it really does look like moss. I mean, the green is absolutely beautiful. There's lots of like lighter greens and then deep greens, and it's very earthy and really beautiful, really comforting. Um... So I'm getting all of the information about Moss Agate from the Crystal Bible book by Judy Hall, Mayush. And um, it comes in green, blue, red, yellow, and brown. And it's relatively common, so it's not going to be super expensive at any of your crystal shops. And it's sourced out of the United States, Australia, and India. So Moss Agate is a stabilizing stone, which is strongly connected with nature. Moss Agate is said to refresh the soul and enable you to see the beauty in all that you behold. 
It is helpful in reducing sensitivity to weather and to environmental pollutants. This stone is extremely beneficial for anyone employed in agriculture or associated with botany. A birthing crystal, moss agate assists midwives in their work, lessening pain and ensuring a good delivery. It is a stone of new beginnings and releases from blo- oh I'm sorry and release from blockages or spiritual fetters. Uh, moss agate is a stone of wealth and attracts abundance. So moss agate can act with a dual purpose. So I also wanted to add in there really quick. Um, the other birthing stone or the stone of midwives is malachite. So I imagine if you are a midwife or you are somebody that works in birthing or labor and delivery like myself, moss agate and malachite would be a really, really beautiful combination um, to bring with you to your work environment. Um, and then for the abundance purposes, aventurine and green jade would be an amazing accompaniment with moss agate. Okay, moving forward. So uh, it has a dual purpose. It helps intellectual people access their intuitive feelings and conversely assists intuitive people in channeling their energy in practical ways. Psychologically, moss agate improves self-esteem and strengthens positive personality traits. It releases fear and deep-seated stress. It helps to develop strength and the ability to get along with others and encourages expanding one's personal space and growth. It strengthens the ability to try one more time, inspiring with new ideals after a period of stagnation. So I imagine if you are in some sort of a creative environment, like maybe that's your job or maybe that's something that you do just, you know, as something that brings you joy or whatever. I think that this would be a really good stone to have with you in addition to carnelian, because if it helps you with getting out of that stagnation, carnelian will also help amplify that creative flow in addition. So as a little thing, I'm full of the the pairings today. I don't know what that's that's about, but I kind of love it. So anyway, mentally, moss agate promotes self-expression and communication. It balances the emotions, reducing stress and lessening fear. It encourages trust and hope. Being a highly optimistic stone, it is helpful for anyone suffering from depression through life circumstances or brain imbalances. No matter how difficult those circumstances may be, moss agate gives insight into the reason behind them. So another pairing, here we go. So with the mental component with self-expression and communication, a really good pairing with the moss agate would be something like lapis lazuli, sodalite, and that sort of thing, especially if the communication needs to be vocalized and self-expression and that sort of thing and being able to vocalize that truth. The other thing is if you're wanting to create a little bit more livelihood within yourself, whether it be mentally or physically, you could pair it with citrine or amethyst, especially with the depression component. If you're feeling like you're not inspired because you are kind of being dragged through the mud mentally or that sort of thing, having moss agate in addition to the amethyst will really help you pull out of that depression. Okay, I think I'm done with the pairing pieces now. So let's talk about healing and how moss agate works in healing. So moss agate speeds up recovery. It can be used to counteract counteract long-term illnesses. It is anti-inflammatory, 
cleanses the circulatory and elimination systems, encouraging the flow of lymph and boosts the immune system. Moss agate eliminates depression caused by left and right brain imbalance. It helps prevent hypoglycemia and dehydration, treats infections, colds and flu, and lowers fevers. It is anti-inflammatory and reduces swelling and lymph nodes. As an elixir applied to the skin, moss agate treats fungal and skin infections. So I imagine this would be really good as a gem elixir that you could ingest as well. Um, so I think that if you wanted to create a gem elixir, especially for anti-inflammatory, or if you wanted to make like an antiviral or an antifungal or any sort of thing like that, or antibacterial, you could utilize the moss agate in addition to any um, uh, approved essential oils and other things that would help like citrus fruits and that sort of thing to create this gem elixir that would really help with those sorts of ailments. So anyway, to position correctly, you hold on the appropriate point in contact with the skin. Now, take note that because moss agate is predominantly green, it's associated with your heart chakra. So if you're having any blocks in that areas, or if you have any issues with your lungs or your heart, um, that would be a great space on your chest to place moss agate um, or to place any um, topical elixirs that you've created or the like or salves or whatever. Anyway, that is it. That is moss agate, you guys. So I hope that you pick up some. I for sure am gonna pick up a few more pieces of moss agate just because I'm realizing right now how incredibly useful it is for all the things. So hopefully you guys do the same and let me know how you love it or not love it or whatever. Okay, so moving right along to the top, or I'm sorry, not the topic, <laughs> the quote. I can't forget about the quote. I love quotes. So anyway, I picked up a new book and uh, this one is called Anatomy of the Spirit, The Seven Stages of Power and Healing by Carolyn Miss. If you have not read this book, I highly, highly recommend it. So far, it is rocking my socks. So I took a little snippet as a quote for the, um, for the quote of the week. And she says, for the lives of mystics are lessons in physical, emotional, and spiritual bereavement and disempowerment, followed by rebirth into a new relationship to power. So that's it. That's it. That's the quote of the week. And I hope he likes it. Can you guys hear my, my little bookmark that I have? <laughs> it's got like bells and shit on it. I don't know why they decided to put bells on a bookmark, but whatever. It's fine. No big deal. <laughs> you just hear my little bookmark. <laughs> anyway, let's move right along into the Natus system. So I have two articles that I wanted to read to you guys because I really liked both of them because they really go into different kind of depths and um, I kind of liked how they both were describing the Natus system. So the first one that I came across was yogiapproved.com forward slash om forward slash natus dash 101 forward slash. And let me see, this is written by Leah Suderman. And um, yes, yeah, so this is called What Are Natus? And here's your in-depth guide to these energy channels. So yes, the Nata system is yet another energy channel in your body. So in addition to your seven chakras, you have this Nata system. 
So it's sort of like the difference between your neurological network and your cardiovascular network in your body. They're both doing a very important job, whereas in delivering either of electricity or of blood, but with these different types of energies, um, your chakras are more of like, you know, your main energy bodies and then your nada system has like three main channels, but then they have like an addition to the three main channels have like a myriad of other networks. So it's like they're two very important energy systems in your body, but they have a little bit of different roles and, and that sort of thing. So let's talk about that. So if you practice yoga, you've likely heard of chakras, obviously, or if you listen to Third Eye with Lorelai, where I talk about chakras almost every single episode. <laughs> so These whirling vortexes of energy are a very popular part of yogic subtle anatomy. But have you heard of natas? These equally important aspects of the subtle body don't seem to get quite as much recognition. The word nadi literally translates to flowing water or river, which makes sense because all of the the Sanskrit names for the three natas systems are the same as the different, are named for the different rivers in India, which we'll get to in the other article. And these powerful rivers are believed to flow through our bodies in astronomical proportions. Ancient yogic texts disagree on the actual number of nadas in the human body, but many texts say that there are upwards of 72,000 that flow through the body. In essence, this number is likely not meant to be taken literally, but instead is meant to signify a number that is beyond counting. One could argue that there are an infinite number of natus within the human body. But what exactly are natus? This is not so easy to answer because they aren't tangible cells that we can place under a microscope for inspection. Instead, they are subtle energy channels through which prana or life force energy flows. In the same way that our physical veins carry blood through our circulatory system, the natus are believed to be subtle channels that carry energy through our being. Despite there being an uncountable number of natus in the body, there are three that are said to be of the utmost importance. These these three major rivers crisscross around each other to create a double helix pattern similar to the shape of our DNA at each point that all three major natus intersect, a major chakra is formed. So in other words, if you imagine that double helix starting at your root chakra and going all the way up and it actually the nada system ends right before your crown. So it ends actually right at your ajna or your third eye chakra. And it goes in like the spiral pattern and then it crosses right where the next chakra starts or where it is. So you start at your root and then it goes, bellows out, and then it meets right at your um, your sacral. Then it bellows out again and meets right at your um, your solar, and again to your heart, to your throat, and then ending at ajna or your third eye chakra. Okay, so all three of these major channels begin at the base of the spine and run up or along the central axis of the body or the spine. 
Okay, so let's talk about the Shashumna Nadi. So Shashumna Nadi is considered to be the single most important energy channel within the body. The central channel runs from the base of the spine up to the crown of the head along the central axis of the core. So in other words, it's running up your spine. It is believed that there is a sacred coiled serpent energy that lives in each and every one of us. Typically, this energy known as Kundalini Shakti lies dormant at the base of the spine, coiled three and a half times around the Muladhara Chakra or the root chakra. Once awakened, Kundalini Shakti rises up the central channel of Shashumna, activating every chakra in its path to reach its true home at the Sahasrara Chakra or the crown chakra. When this happens, we reach enlightenment. So that's why Kundalini is such like a big thing because once you're able to awaken that inner serpent and you're allowing that serpent to rise up through your core or your Shashumna Nadi or that central line, your spine, and allow it to go all the way up to your crown chakra, that is where you have reached enlightenment. Or in other words, all of your chakra bodies are working in perfect unison with one another. Ultimately, it's believed that when Shashumna Nadi is balanced and active, we find true harmony in ourselves and we are fully awakened to the divine. So let's talk about the two other systems that are a part of the three. So the other one is Ida Nadi. So Ida Nadi begins at the base of the spine and then runs up the central axis of the spine, crisscrossing over Shashumna Nadi at each major chakra and eventually terminates in the left nostril. Like I wasn't expecting that when I was reading that. I'm like, oh, that's different (laughs) in the left nostril. Okie dokes. So Ida is associated with the lunar side of our body and our beings. It is the yin side that is considered to be softer, darker, more feminine, and more mysterious. Because it terminates in the left nostril, it is also associated with right brain dominance. Now that kind of threw me a little bit. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. If it's the left side, why is it right brain dominance? But Oftentimes, like the way that I, I don't know why I rationalized it this way. Maybe it's just because going through anatomy and physiology for nursing school, this is the reason why. But this is how your eye sort of does things when you look at something. It like transposes it in your lens and then like reflects it back. And it's like the nerve of the nerve that goes, your ocular nerve actually from your left eye is transposed to your right brain. And the same with your uh, right eye is transposed to your left brain. And that's really weird. Like, why would our body do that? But that's what it is, right? It crisscrosses and whatever is seen and the, um, like your left eye is transposed and, and it is, um, assessed and everything on the other side of that side of your brain. So if it's the left eye, it's the right brain. And if it's the right eye, it's the left brain. So that's why I, that's why it made sense to me. I hope that makes sense to you guys. (laughs) It seems kind of complicated, but anyway, let's, let's start over. So because it terminates in the left nostril, it is also associated with right brain dominance, which is theorized to lean towards creativity and artistry. So 
Idanadi is our yin side. So our more feminine energetic, our being energetic. The Pingala Nadi also begins at the base of the spine, at the root chakra. It then runs up the central column of the spine, crisscrossing around Shashumna and Ida Nadis at every major chakra. Pingala eventually terminates at the right nostril. This channel is associated with the solar side of our bodies and our beings. It is the yang side that is considered to be stronger, lighter, more masculine, and more obvious. Because it terminates in the right nostril, it is associated, obviously, with the left brain dominance, which is theorized to learn lean towards analytical and methodical thinking. So... How can you stimulate and activate your nadas in your yoga practice? So even if you haven't heard of the nadas before, you may be surprised to find out that you've likely manipulated these energy channels in your yoga or pranayama practice before. Any practice that utilizes the concept of sun and moon energies, sometimes called yin and yang or ha and tha, would manipulate and activate the nadas. So slower, more lunar practices like yin yoga would target the ida nadi. Whereas before, active solar practices like ashtanga yoga would target the pingala nadi. Also, pranayama practices such as nadi shodhana, literally meaning channel cleansing breath, or often called alternate nostril breath, specifically targets the nadis. They're they're even in the name. Obviously, it's, it's even in the name. So with that, the thing that I'm imagining with this is it's, it's, it's kind of like a yin yoga because you're not really moving your body, but you're sitting and you're taking um, your fingers on. And I want to say it's your pinky and your index finger and you're occluding one side of your nostril and you're taking a big deep breath in through one nostril and then you release the other side and then occlude the other side of your nostril with the other finger and then you are exhaling out the other side. And just like you took a breath in on the other side, so the, the side that you exhaled on, you then inhale on that side and then switch fingers to occlude that side and then allow your breath to come out on the other nostril. So if, if, I'm, if I'm understanding this right, that is the alternate nostril breath or the Nadi Shodhana. Um, and it is actually super relaxing. So if you need to like de-stress or if you're getting ready for the day and you're trying to kind of set yourself into a right energetic place, this is a really good way to start and or, you know, take a break in your day is just taking like maybe five, 10 minutes and doing this alternate nostril breathing because it really does reset both of those sides. Your, um, uh, oh, I always forgot the name, the Ida and the Pingala Nadi. Okay, moving forward. By alternating which nostril we breathe through, we isolate the Ida and Pingala Nadis to create greater balance between them. We can also target the Nadis by working with the chakras in our practice. By awakening and activating specific chakras, we inevitably also awaken and activate the Nadis that intersect at that energy center. Furthermore, 
Ida and Pingala Nadi are also associated with our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, respectively our fight or flight and rest and digest responses. Now, any guess between which one of those is yin and which one is yang, right? So fight or flight would be yang. Rest and digest would be yin, right? Because it is the doing versus the being sort of thing. Okay, when we are more activated, such as when exercising, our fight or flight response kicks in and we stimulate pingala nadi, right? Makes sense. When we are more relaxed, such as when practicing restorative yoga, our rest and digest response turns on and we stimulate ida nadi or our yin side. So the big takeaway on these powerful energy channels is you you probably work with and affect your nada system more often than you even realize. So you don't necessarily need to change the way you typically practice yoga to be able to benefit from the subtlety of the nadas and their flowing system. Ultimately, all yoga practices that fall under the huge umbrella of hatha yoga, which is basically all physical forms of practice, have the same goal in mind, to awaken the kundalini shakti. So whether you're aware of it or not, your entire practice is very likely geared towards activating, awakening, and balancing your nadas. So this is in turn helps to awaken the serpent energy within you, which allows you to reach enlightenment. So there's that article. I loved it. It's very straight to the point. Not a whole lot of fluff, but just like gets right to it. So now I want to read a little bit more fluff because I like fluff. (laughs) So this article is from themodernvedic.com forward slash life forward slash natus dash network dash body forward slash. And this article is named The Nadi System or Channel of Our Life Force by Atul Kumar. And um, obviously, I'm going to make sure that these articles are in the description. So that way, if you want to read these, you can. So that way you can kind of digest it in your own way. Okay, so this is what Mr. Kumar says about this. So imagine the rush of energy that you experience when you are excited. Try to feel the channels through which the energy flows out during each experience. At first, this may seem incomprehensible, but but these energy flows may be traced when you focus. Modern science explains this process in terms of nerve impulses, but the ancient seers perceived it as energy and consciousness flowing through interconnected channels in our body called nadis, which form an energy network. The word nadi means flow, as we talked about. Thus, nadis are subtle flows of energy, just as electricity, radio waves, and laser beams are subtle flows. Nadis relates to the energy in our body and should not be confused with nerves, which relate to the physical body. Nadis are pathways of pranic, mental, and spiritual currents, which form a matrix throughout the physical body. They provide energy to every cell and every organ through their vast network, carrying prana back and forth in every direction. Now, when they say prana, it's that life force energy, which would also translate to our breath. Okay, so... um, Let's talk about the network of Nada system. And he goes into the three 
Nada systems, which we talked about, the Ida, the Pingala, and the Shishumna, which Ida, as we talked about, is the feminine or the um, right side, the Pingala, which is the left side or the yang side, uh, and the Shishumna, which is the central or the core, our, our spiritual, full spiritual or our spine area. Um, and he calls the Ida Nadi is the mental channel. The Pingala Nadi is the vital channel and the Shashumna Nadi is the spiritual channel. And I kind of like that because it kind of gears away from like, you know, the masculine versus feminine, even though those are very easy things to kind of relate to. I like the um, just gearing away from the the different components that way. It's more of like a mental versus vital and then a spiritual channel. And then he goes into all of the lesser major nada systems, which it's a lot. Let me just tell you, it is like a whole lot of Sanskrit and, um, uh, yeah, I don't, I, it's, it's a lot. I will make sure that this is on there so that you can read them and you will understand why. So anyway, um, we're just going to talk about the three. So that way we kind of understand a little bit more. So what I like is he talks about, uh, in pranayama and pranavidya, uh, the practitioner, those are, those are types of yogic practices and mainly delving into the breath. Um, this type of practitioner works chiefly with these three channels. These three paths are also known as Ganga or Ida, Yamuna, Pingala, or Saraswati or Shashumna. So those, the Ganga, Yamuna, and Saraswati, those are the rivers that I was talking about that are in India. And they're the most important rivers in India. And the last being an underground flow. So the junction where these three rivers joins is called Prayag, located outside of Allahabad in North India. So in our pranic body, these converge at Ajna, at the Ajna chakra. Um, Pingala is also known as the Surya or solar nadi. And Ida is known as the Chandra or the lunar nadi. Ida and Pingala indicate time, which Shashumna is the devourer of time, since it leads to timelessness or eternity. So the system of Kundalini Yoga describes Muladhara Chakra as the main network of Nadis in the pranic body. Ida, Pingala, and Shashumna originate here, so that would be our root chakra. Ida and Pingala then flow alternately, coiling around the spinal passage, or our Shashumna, from left to right. Shashumna flows straight up through the middle of our body. Ida emerges from the left of Muladhara, Pingala emerges from the right, and Shashumna flows straight up through the center. From Muladhara Chakra, Pingala curves to the right and crosses Swadasthasana, <laughs> going to, and that, I think that's our, uh, yeah, that's the sacral chakra, goes to the left to Manipura, which is our solar chakra, then to the right to Anahata, which is our heart chakra, to the left to ooh, Vishuddhi, which is our throat chakra, and to the right to Ajna at the top of the spine, and then straight to the Sahasrara. <laughs> that is our crown chakra. Okay, 
So Ida follows a similar path, but on the opposite side. Okay, so he goes into, you know, how that goes. Um, goes to the right and then crosses over to the left. And so anyway, if you get this picture in your mind, it looks like a helix, right? So it, you know, looks like a helix following up the straight of your spinal column. So this can be explained with the analogy of a magnet also. So if a magnet is cut in half, either end of the magnet assumes opposite polarity. Similarly, the body is polarized so that Pingala governs the right side and Ida the left. The central axis of Ida and Pingala is Shashumna. This nadi is the mystical path of yoga that flows in between Ida and Pingala. Shashumna rises straight up through the center of the spine, uniting with Ida and Pingala at the points where they cross the chakras and uniting with them at Ajna chakra, or the third eye. Shashumna is the pathway through which the kundalini rises and forms the basis for the progressive awakening as well as higher knowledge. So this pathway remains dormant in most people until a higher state of evolution or consciousness is reached. The inner structure of Shashumna comprises of three subtler nadas, which become active when the Shashumna is awakened. Inside Shashumna is Vajra Nadi. This nadi contains, oof, there's, there's a lot of Sanskrit happening today. <laughs> This nadi contains chitra or chitrini nadi, and at the center is brahma nadi, the subtlest flow. Brahma nadi is so called because the higher levels of consciousness are directly activated via this nadi. When the kundalini shakti passes through this channel, transcendental experiences can take place. Okay, so a little bit more Sanskrit, a little bit more fluff, but very interesting. I like that he talked about the different rivers in India and that whole understanding. So in other words, if you're working to balance your chakras, it is also incredibly important to understand your nada system. And this is a very basic introduction, obviously, because we're just talking about the three, which are the main ones. But if you really want to dive in deep, there's also, this says that there's seven lesser major, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I'm sorry, there are 16 that he has listed here. I don't really know why he says the seven lesser major nadas include because there's 12 that he has listed here. So, and I don't see, yeah, that's, that's bananas. So anyway, it looks like there's 12, even though he lists seven. But if you look at a picture of the entire nada system, it is quite the network. I have to say it looks um, relatively confusing. But anyway, it um, it just branches out, even though he says, oh, there's not really an, it doesn't behave like a nervous system, but it looks like it. If you look at a nada system, it looks very similar and akin to a nervous system. But anyway, that's pretty much it, you guys. That covers the nada system. And it's very interesting to incorporate this system in addition to your seven chakra systems, knowing that those areas, when they are taken into account, you find more you, you find more balance and more alignment when you're able to focus on not just those seven chakra systems, but our nada system that works in conjunction with our seven chakra systems. So a good place to start 
to get a feeling and understanding of your nada system is to try that alternate um, nostril breathing and see how it feels in your body after you're done. Notice, do you breathe easier? Do you feel more relaxed? Do you feel more aligned? And that is a tremendous part of, of just beginning in this practice is noticing what your body feels like and where your emotionality is set before and then after that breathing practice. Especially if you are very busy, uh, a lot of people find that they don't have a whole lot of time to do all the things and it can be really challenging. Well, this breath practice you can do while you're in the car, you don't have to close your eyes. You can just focus on that type of breathing and you can feel that reset happen just by going about your day and doing the things and then just trying this alternate nostril breathing and see how it feels before and after. Okay, so that pretty much covers it, you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this extra bit of information and let me know if it is helpful for you, especially if it changes any part of your yoga practice, if you do yoga, or if it's just meditation, if it makes your meditative practice better, if you find a lot more peace, if you find a lot more enlightenment, if you're able to visualize a lot better, or if you just find that it just helps you be in your body and be at peace. So anyway, that's it. I love you guys. And thank you so much for being here with me. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Um, I'm obviously putting out new stuff all the time. And I look forward to um, going over more amazing things because I'm always reading about all the different mystical things because <laughs> it's the best. And yes, I will see you next weekend or actually the weekend after. And I hope that you guys enjoy every minute of this amazing spiritual life. So until we meet again, love and light to you all. Mic check, one, two. Hello, hello. Third eye with Lorelai, check, check. All right, looks like I got all my things. So I'm gonna go ahead and start. <sighs> got my cup of coffee. If you would like an intuitive tarot reading or a past life tarot reading, be sure to contact me at my website at www.thirdeyewithlorelei.com and third is spelled with the three R-D, not T-H-I-R-D. Or you can contact me on my Instagram account or on my Facebook account. You can DM me and we can set up some time to get your reading in as soon as possible. In-person reading is accepted at this time. Also, readings over Zoom are accepted. So make sure to contact me and let me know what you need, you guys. Love and light to you all. Thank you.